clubhouse. I'm Beth Kushnack. And I'm Caroline Daly. Welcome to Decorating the Set, from Hollywood to your home. For over 30 years, I've created settings for countless award-winning television series and feature films. As a set decorator, I'm a storyteller. My job is to compose visuals that both capture and enhance any story. Now, I want to help you capture and enhance your story. I'm on social media every day, and Beth's Instagram is a must-look for me. Over and over, I see fans asking her, how can I get the look in my own home inspired by something I've seen on screen? There's nothing I enjoy more than helping people create a space that allows them to best express themselves. Subscribing to Decorating the Set means you'll never have to tackle these projects alone. I'll be the decorator by your side. Hey, Beth, today on Decorating the Set from Hollywood to your home, we are talking about Zoom backgrounds. How are you doing today? Doing great, Caroline. Thanks. I'm so glad. There are so many people using these online meeting platforms, whether it's Zoom or something else. And I feel like there's a lot of people doing it wrong, Beth. You know, Caroline, I think this topic in particular is what's affecting all of our lives right now. So this is the perfect way to think about your home decor right now, even if it's not a priority, because it really is going to apply to how we're all living in today's times. And it's something that can be easily facilitated. It's a great topic because it's extremely universal right now. Between everybody working from home, we have teachers now looking at the fall of the 2020-2021 school year. It seems everyone's going to be schooling from home. So we have students and teachers who need to be aware of different things that they're doing in their own spaces. And then we also have for socializing. A lot of us are using friends and family time online. And so there's just like so many layers to this. From birthday parties to real legit companies allowing people to work from home for the rest of the year. And now people have been in this situation for a while. This is the perfect time to consider a refresh to your space that you've got to use to express yourself, whether it's for fun and family or it's a serious work time. Having that designated area where people know, look, if I'm sitting in this space, I'm recording. Don't come over here. Don't wander through with your nightgown on or something. Exactly. Not only is it important to keep things separate and keep your work and your school life separate, but I think everyone being home so much, they may tend to analyze their space at this time. And I would like to be able to take all I know from being a set decorator in the film business for over 30 years, working on locations in different people's homes and interacting with my Instagram fan base and help people at this time figure out how to just up the ante a little bit and make these backdrops something that serves them and that they feel good about. I love that because it's not just about plopping your computer on or sitting there with your phone and having some sort of junk in the background. I mean, you are doing work presentations. People are doing distance learning. They have, you know, 30 kids watching them. 
it's important that you don't have a bunch of junk in the background that you'd be embarrassed about or just not want to be representing you. So what's like the first question I should be asking myself as I'm creating my backdrop? Well, it's true. I do think and have seen on both social media and on TV a lot of judgment about how people are portraying themselves. For me, always, when I break down the script, my first question is, who is this character? What defines this character as it's written in the script? And I think there are people who need to present conservatively and simply a clean background. And then there are other people who are on Skype or TikTok. There's so many possibilities for how you can set this area up in your home. And I think first you think about what are the basic needs. I love, Beth, that you're helping me like sort of think about my personality because for my own self, I'm thinking, okay, so there are times when I am talking with friends on you know, a background where maybe I'm, I'm a little bit more casual, but there's other times I'm on a board of directors. I mean, that's going to be a completely different backdrop for me. I don't want to be embarrassed with what I have going on behind me. And I don't want to look foolish with some big plant coming out of my head. So talk to me a little bit about your experience on sets and how you go about creating something that looks more visually interesting than just like this plain blank white wall, which I feel like everybody's doing. I think everybody's either doing the blank white wall and just, as you said, parking themselves in front of it. Or sometimes people tend to dress in so many items plants, pictures of your family, all kinds of things that in the end, when you come on the other side of your backdrop, which is what I highly recommend, that you come around the desk or the chair or the sofa and see what we're all seeing and have someone sit down for you and even take a photograph of what you have set up as your background, you're going to now see the way we look at things in the film business through the camera. And I look at them from every single angle. You know, it's so interesting. Former President Obama actually had a little address that he did. And the background behind him, it was so clear, Beth, that someone had cleared the shelves of the personal items. Yes, and, and they, they were empty. Those shelves were empty. <laughs> Wasn't that so odd? I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, Beth is not going to approve. Like they did not finish out that backdrop at all. And it was so distracting because it was so apparent that they had taken items away that it just seemed like, um, what happened? An afterthought. Here? It yes. was an afterthought. It what, what I'm recommending to you all is that you have the time and hopefully you still have the energy to do some carefully curated visual work. Certainly those are things I can help listeners with if you want to send photos or send in questions. I'm happy to give you my tips and advice. It is important to think about these items that you have surrounding your head because basically everybody's just seeing that. They can't get a sense of your whole home and your whole decor, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Like, I don't want to let them in too far. So, so right. get into this concept that I know you and I have been talking about, this idea of designating an area, because it's so interesting to tour a set after the fact and realize like, oh my gosh, there's no ceiling. There's only a couple of walls here. This is so interesting what the camera sees. So how do I recreate something like that in my house? Well, we call them simple, plain little two-wall sets. 
and I highly recommend it for this kind of situation because it really can give you depth to your background. It really can provide something that seems a little bit more put together. Let's say you take a corner and you set your piece of furniture there that you're going to sit at and you build layers. I think that's why a lot of people are setting themselves up in their kitchens because there's automatically built-in layers, kitchen cabinets and kitchen countertops and a backsplash. I find some of those kitchen setups to be a little bit too complicated and too busy. Usually in film and TV, when you're shooting someone in their kitchen, there's a reason for it. I think if you're trying to stay true to who your character is, and let's say you're doing a work Zoom meeting. Like, what am I doing in my kitchen, right? That's right, right. <laughs> I never really thought about that, but you're so right. Like, unless you're teaching a cooking class and or talking to friends about a recipe, what am I even doing in my kitchen? Exactly. It's something to think about. All the things in your kitchen and how you want to be represented. You know, maybe you don't want products behind you. In the film business, we dress in products that we do for product placement. That might not be necessarily what you want your boss to see. I'll tell you that today I heard of someone who did their Zoom meeting in their swimming pool. Whoa, what do you think about that? I think the message there was not very professional. (laughs) (laughs) Not really. Oh my goodness. And like, think about that. I mean, it's so difficult right now because we are at home and there is that comfort level, but it's so important to still retain that formality when it comes to coworkers. Like they're not your best friends for the most part. So I know you and I had talked about a little about how even on set that you guys built two different versions of the same furniture where one would make you sit up a little taller and straighter, more formal, I guess I want to say, versus that slouchy, comfy kind of home look. Yes. Yeah, see, again, if you shoot the background and have someone sit in the chair, you will immediately see how your posture is, how your stance is in the chair. When I designed in collaboration with Mitchell Gold and Bob Williams, a line of furniture, we did build differently for the retail customer than we did for actors on set. You know, very often we'll even put a board under the seat to get everyone to look as best as they can. I really understand this as wanting to think about having the space so well designated that there's no accidental wandering into the space because I feel like that's a huge issue. I know, I don't know if you've seen, but like on YouTube and whatnot, there's all these incidences where people are like walking through the scene because they don't realize that someone's recording. It happened to me with my own son's school. You know, he's sitting there trying to do his math work and I'm like walking through in my workout sports bra and shorts and horrified to (laughs) see the faces of his classmates. And I was like, oh my gosh, but he was sitting in an area of the house that was not a designated area for work. And so I just had no idea. So thinking about that, How am I going to sort of make my two wall area where everybody knows if I'm sitting in this spot, nobody should be talking to me or walking through? You know, in this situation, I think that everyone not only is frustrated, but I think it's time for a revamp. If we were talking about this three months ago, there would be different details. 
But now we know how our families work at home. We've spent a lot of time there. And I think now we're ready almost for a spring, summer cleaning and refresh, a starting over, because we know what our needs are now. I would try to pick a corner of a room and for your physical and mental well-being, I would try to make that place your workspace or your homeschooling space. And I would try to be able to walk away from that space when you're not in school and when you're not working. So like, is this something that I'm going to need plywood and like carpentry skills to build something or, you know, what do, no, 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 how do I do not, it? Not at all. This is where we reuse, recycle cycle, make the best of what we've got with maybe a little order of some temporary wallpaper that could go up if you're living in a in an apartment where you can't paint your walls or put anything up. You could use a temporary wallpaper. You just roll it out, stick it up, and remove it when you want to. So for something like that, now, if I have like a rent situation, I mean, is it safe to put up on my walls? And do I need some mad skills to get this up and down? No skills. Seriously. It's (laughs) so easy. So easy. I think part of the fun of this challenge is to look in your garage, look in every room in your house, see what you want to pull together, because you've seen other people do it. And with some input and help from me, you can do it yourself. I have nothing but faith in all these people who are sitting home and thinking about their house, thinking about wanting to do some redesigning or redecorating. Now's the time to move things around a little bit. I like that idea that it's okay for me to move things around even in a temporary way to take into account that I'm trying to create this workspace because this isn't a space that we necessarily have in our home. And even if we did, you know, a lot of people maybe worked at their kitchen table or just worked sitting on the couch on a laptop, but they weren't being recorded. This is so much more intimate, you know? So what I'm thinking about that is how harsh people look at these different angles. Like I've seen people where they're like shooting the camera up their nose or they're sitting in front of a window and it looks crazy. What can I do to like adjust lighting or even thinking about those things? softening any of these situations is the way to go. Lighting is important. In today's world, everybody's using these newfangled fluorescent light bulbs, and they just make your skin look green and make you look kind of ill. So the best thing to do would be to see if you have one of those old incandescent light bulbs, or think about the shade on on a lamp that you might have in your setup, and think about how where you're sitting, where the light hits you. You know, if you're going to be near a window, you should try to have a drape or a curtain, something so the light is diffused. Think about setting this up like a composed photograph that you're already used to doing. People think that this is a very intimidating situation. They say, we're not decorators, we're not designers. But I think a lot of people have the ability to do this. And with a little challenging of themselves and a little assistance from me, I think everybody can improve their backgrounds greatly. I think that there's a big part of us that feels like, should my background just be super bland because I don't want to be too stylized or anything. But in reality, we do need to show some personality with our backgrounds. Maybe I'm teaching that day or maybe I am working in a very conservative office. So I'm going to be thoughtful of that. But at the same time, is it okay for me to show some personal style? It is. 
personal style will show immediately and what you want to try to do is not focus or feature any one specific thing. Everybody needs to remember that we're featuring ourselves. We don't really need the plant next to us, but it just enhances the space that we're in and it enhances the visual. You want these things to be the background to who you are and what you have to accomplish for work, for school, for fun. This is a new way of life and everybody has the time and I believe everybody has the ability to set themselves up where they feel the most comfortable. You had mentioned things like, you know, we don't want a big, bright, white wall behind us. Is it okay for me to wear patterns? Is it okay for me to have any type of louder color around me, beside me on what I'm wearing? How should I sort of take color into account? Color is important. It is hard to photograph somebody wearing white. It is difficult for skin tones. So I would stay away from white during these meetings and even men in white shirts, or you have a little bit of white showing, but you cover it up, whether it's with a jacket or something else. What we stay away from in the film business, usually, unless it's a very specific character related thing, is we stay away from white. It's a hard color to shoot, and it's a hard color to shoot with different skin tones. Since you're primarily featuring your face and a lot of skin tone, I would stay away from white. And the other thing that I usually am a real good detective on are things that vibrate. Little thin stripes vibrate and some certain crazy patterns vibrate. Even little mini blinds vibrate on camera. Okay, so when you're saying that, because a lot of people are thinking like, what does she mean? Like put my phone on silent? Like, is that uh, what you mean? And that's not what you mean. You mean visually. Right? I mean visually that the camera picks them up as moving, as vibrating. It can be very, very distracting. And it causes a moire effect where you're looking at something and it's almost making you blink. It's not at all what you want to see in your background. Okay, so that makes sense. So I'm going to take that into account in terms of artwork behind me or really any type of pattern, like even like the pattern on my furniture, the fabric or clothes I'm wearing, all of these things. All of those things. And here's a little behind the scenes info I can tell you is that it's very rare on camera that you see actual mini blinds. We usually use two inch blinds instead of one inch blinds. And even though to the naked eye, they might look like they're from a period movie or a period TV show, you know, old wooden thick two inch yeah, blinds. Like shutters almost, right? Yeah. But when you see them on camera in a modern setting, you don't notice. And what that saves you is the possibility of vibration that we never want. Would it be like a faux pas for me to hang up something like that in my background, even if I don't have a window? Like, is that weird? Would that be weird to do? It might be a little weird to do with blinds, but I certainly would recommend it with fabric. How am I doing that? Am I attaching that to some sort of frame or am I maybe using some sort of like tension rod? What would be the right equipment for that? No, I don't think attaching it to a frame is necessary, all that work, but certainly getting a command hook or two on a piece of fabric would be the way to go. Because again, what you just want to see is something that hits the frame. 
the side of your photograph that you're taking or the side of the TV show we're shooting. You just want something that touches the frame. And this is another way to build depth and do something that's not so obvious, but just again, softens up the look you're creating. Okay, so if I'm going to hang up a fabric behind me, in, in that case, I don't necessarily wanna center myself straight on, like as if I'm taking like an elementary school portrait. It could just be like half of it or sort of like hanging drapery to the side of the shot or whatever, but it's not taking up the whole background. Am I hearing that right? You are. Everything I'm encouraging people to do is to think about things not flat on, straight on, but build different layers. And this is another way to show your personality and for your background to look unique. That's so important because I think that so many people have that feeling of like, when you think backdrop, you almost think like green screen or something where you're like trying to make the entire background disappear. But that's not the point. We're really trying to create those layers, whether it's plants, or fabric, or even things on like the desk in front of us, where we're kind of creating some sense of, I'm not being held hostage and standing against a wall right now. (laughs) That's such a good way to put it, Carolyn. Yes, I don't want anyone to feel like they're being held hostage. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, It's not a proof of life video. Exactly. I don't want anyone to feel like they're being held hostage. You know, the best way to think about this, again, is to do your own shopping at home when we're all scrambling to set up these two wall sets at the last minute that we do, we say, got to go shopping in the shop. Yes, I know that I have a shop of a massive amount of choices to pull from, but I bet if you start to look and think about your house and your garage and your basement as your own personal prop house, that you might come up with something that you never wanted to live with all the time in your living room, but that would really make your backdrop sing. Can you give me like some some suggested, maybe common items that people might have around the house that they're not really thinking about in terms of gathering for something like a backdrop? So let's say you've got an old bookcase in your basement. This would be the perfect thing to bring upstairs and to see even if you just used an edge of it, You know, what you have to remember in these setups is nobody's looking beyond your computer screen. So even if you just, again, use the bookcase side as a cutting piece, it doesn't matter if the rest of it's on the other side of the room because it's not going to be on your visual presentation. I totally love that you use that. Say that again. It was like a cutting edge. Cutting piece. A cutting piece. Okay. So for us lay people, that's like a divider, right? Exactly. And it's just something that, again, gives interest. You know, very often, even if I do a desk and chair setup, I'll put another little upholstered chair even behind the desk chair, thinking to myself, because I do very logical, real life, top layer of life set decoration. So I'll tell myself the backstory of the character. So that's where she leaves her purse and her coat or her umbrella. They're just small indications of yet another layer. You can do the same thing with this layering effect. If you don't shoot flat on, you won't see each piece in its entirety. If you just capture glimpses, just little cutting edge pieces, 
that's what will give you a really fleshed out, interesting background. And that's so important too, because a lot of times the reason why I might have a piece out in the garage is because it has like a scratch on one side, or maybe one of the shelves somewhere is broken somewhere or something, you know, it's got some damage or something. So if I, I don't have the pressure of having to have a nice intact one piece, it's really, I just am going to show a portion of it. That is so smart and so right on because it's really the perfect way to reuse and recycle. And in terms of fabrics, like I, maybe I don't have the funds right now, or maybe my hours have been cut or something. So maybe I can't buy curtains or things that are meant to be what they are. Is there any type of other like fabric substitutes I could be using? Sure. Take a flat sheet from your linen closet and use that. You could use a blanket. Again, you're just seeing sections of all of these things and they work. Beth, one thing that I've seen people make the mistake on over and over again, and I'm curious what how you handle this, is reflective surfaces. I have seen these hilarious situations where someone is taking a photograph of how lovely they look, and then behind them, you can see that the photographer is like in their underwear um, because they're reflecting on a mirror or some glass or something around them. Is that something I also should be mindful of? I would say it's a rare, rare situation for a set decorator to ever be able to use a mirror because it could potentially reflect the entire shooting crew just in one mirror. Isn't that so funny? And I've seen on TV where they do things where like if a dresser has a mirror on top, they'll throw like a scarf or something yes. like playfully across it. Yes, that's definitely one of our tricks. Yes, I would stay away from mirrors. It's just not worth the hassle. Such an important tip because I think a lot of people too might be trying to utilize their formal spaces like a dining room or you know some little place where they might have a mirror and they're just forgetting of even artwork, you know, with a glass front. Yes, artwork that's framed with glass in it is another cause for a problem. The way that you can work on that is if you take a piece of tape and scrunch it up into a little ball and pull the painting away from the wall just slightly and put the piece of scrunched up tape behind it, you tilt the painting. So many times you can get rid of the reflection. Beth, that's amazing. And not anything I would have ever thought to do. That's like truly like the Hollywood magic of it That's all, our right? behind the scenes tip. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Very, very cool. Because, you know, there's some beautiful art that maybe I don't want to necessarily have to take down, but like what a great way to leave it up, but still address this issue. Well, I would try that first because I have seen in many a Zoom call people who just take the art down totally and they leave the nail there. I would encourage all the listeners to work whatever art they can, whatever nice looking visual they can into their background instead of just a single nail on the wall. Okay, Beth, so we've talked a lot about the aesthetic of the background in our Zooms, but is there anything else that we should be concerned about? Another thing you might want to think about is... What's happening now that everyone is on Zoom, whether it's for work or for schooling, for everybody's social life going on, 
The thing that you really want to think about now is a bit of safety issues. So when we're thinking about safety, we are talking about basically scammers or people trying to like look behind us, right, for information. The one thing that you might want to start thinking about now that so many people are on Zoom and of course, what that brings are both the positives and the negatives. And on the negative side, a smart scammer might see something, be able to literally zoom in on it and figure out some of your personal information that you don't realize you're exposing. That is such a crazy detail that I feel like a lot of us forget, especially with the idea of, you know, I'm just stacked up my packages here in the office or, you know, I have just some sort of, you know, magazine or something here. But People can take a screenshot and zoom in really easily with software and they can get your address and a lot of other information that we do not want them to have. Things that are more personal and private, whether it's your address label on anything or photographs that you keep in your office, now's the time, I think, because everybody's hip to Zoom to figure out what you might want to pull back on. Really smart, really smart. And especially those distance learning kiddos, lots of times they might have something, you know, a package they got from grandma or something in the shot. And so we just need to be mindful of what's all around us. Absolutely. Mindful of whatever you don't want exposed because Zoom means two different things here. Okay, Beth. So we have a listener who has sent in a question. Kayla has asked, I am teaching all next year, I just found out from home, which is shocking and I'm not ready to do. I have no idea how to set up my background or really even just what my first step is. Can you walk me through the steps of how I'm going to begin to set up an appropriate space that my kids cannot be distracted and, and really pay attention to what I'm trying to teach them? Sure, it's incredible how teachers have had to adapt. I can certainly understand with the length of time you're having to do this for that you want to carve out the best way to feel comfortable in your space and have your students pay attention. I would say in this situation, who your character is almost depends on who your students are. If you're talking about young age students, I think the best thing that you could do is try to replicate their in-school experience as much as possible. I would get as much of your personal visual space removed. I would try to have a blackboard and whatever you had by your desk, in your classroom, if any of that can be replicated in your own home, so they're used to seeing what they've always seen in the past, I think that would be very important. That's such an important part of the kids feeling comfortable and having some sense of consistency, right? And normalcy at this time. Yeah, Very right? important. On the other hand, I know from my own experience with my daughter having been home from college as a freshman, that it was always very enjoyable for the students to see their professor's personal spaces. So if it was older students, high school into college, I would go back to my tips for everyone in general and create more of your personal character that you really are at home. What your hobby might be. I know that having a professor's dogs or cats come into the Zoom class always kind of cheered the students. So uh -huh. in that way, I would really focus on cleaning up your space, 
making it as pared down as possible of things they don't need to see, whether it's my textbooks, laundry yes, <laughs> your laundry basket, textbooks, right. but show them a piece of your personality, whether it's a photograph that you like, or, you know, maybe you have a collection of plants and that's where you decide to put them on a table next to the desk that you're sitting at. They want to see who you are. It's not only important for you to think about your character, but in this situation where you're doing this as a teacher, which is just remarkable in these times, I think you want to also think constantly, who is my audience? That's so important for people right now. I know that the sense that you don't want to have this really uncomfortable you know, I'm looking at my teacher in a sterile environment. Everybody feels a little edgy when it's like that. You know, you want that comfort level. Is it the same kind of situation where I guess when we're talking about consistency, that designated space seems that much more important that when the kiddos tune in every day, the background and what's going on remains a constant for them? Yes, I think that if you're working with younger kids, that you can accomplish that very easily with one major piece of furniture, a rolling chalkboard or an easel that has a pad on it that gets changed every day. I think that that can actually become your whole background and you are now using it for your learning tools. Everything is going up on there and coming down and it still symbolizes who you are to them. It's such an important reminder because I think we forget that we're still trying to be that person in the, in the child's life or a coworker's life or whatever. We're still trying to retain that relationship, whatever it is that we have. If it's more familiar or if we need to have a little distance from them, it's important to be thinking about, right? Like, what are they seeing of me right now? Exactly. And I think with younger children, it may be more beholden on you as a teacher and your personality to be consistent for them and not so much change up anything that they're used to seeing. So knowing that the kiddos are gonna be looking at me each day, how can I check my space? Like, what are they gonna see? Well, I think that it would give them a sense of security to see you perhaps sitting at a desk because that's something they're used to doing. If you had the space and you could do one day in front of the blackboard and the next day at a desk or one day in front of the blackboard and the next day in a chair, perhaps you're reading books with them, that would be a home run. In order to put myself in their shoes, how can I go about understanding what they're seeing? You become the director of your own video, your own presentation. Just as I dress a set and work with the director and the actors and the writers, when I am working with my team, I go every place I can see that set, every corner, I sit in every chair, I put everything on my desk so it makes sense where the phone is or where the cup of pens and pencils are. And I encourage all of you to almost think ergonomically. What makes you feel comfortable? What makes sense in the world? And keep this top layer of life that creates characters to a minimum where it needs to be. And while you're teaching kids, young kids, they want to see all the things that they used to be able to play with in their classroom. 
you know, maybe that's where you have found the old bookcase and you put kids' books in it. I think that's what creates a sense of security for them. And I think that past young kids moving into middle school, high school, college kids, they want to know who you are at home. But I do think it's important to limit that to exactly what you want to present to them. Right. Those older kids are scamps. They're going to look at one little. They're going to look at it. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to zoom in on my diary. Yeah. Get out of there. I totally hear you. Now, what are some common troubleshooting that people need to do? So if I stand on the other side of of my camera, I I ask a spouse or a a kiddo, maybe even I have my dog sit in my chair, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to stand on the other side. What are some things that, that are common issues that should be addressed. You have to consider where your computer's sitting. You have to consider what angle you're being seen at and how you can control the Zoom meeting, the Facebook Live. You have to put the technical aspects into the visual setup. What about things like plants and things like that? Like I remember seeing like a newscaster where it almost seemed like something was like shooting out of the side of their head. What do I do about stuff like that? How do I even watch for that? Well, you know, I'm all for bringing live things, plants, flowers, even if they're fake, into every setting. Having live plants and flowers can be distracting, but I think if you keep them in a group and if you present them so you're clearly not using any of them behind your head or on the sides of your ears, So nobody risks that this thing is growing out of his or her head. I think that their peaceful and really positive piece of set decoration. Very often I use them to portray a certain character because there are so many choices of plants and flowers to be had. But again, it's about balance. So if everything in your setup is very large scaled, and then what I've seen before in somebody's Zoom background is exactly that. And then they take three little cactuses and put them on top of the table and they look <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> They're so, like, who put those Barbie cactuses Exactly, up here? <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I am asking you all to, in a way, think logically, think about your character, what represents you, what message do you want to give and how can you make yourself feel as comfortable as possible because that's really the key everybody's in this for the long haul this is a new way of life and comfort and professionalism are really important I'm so grateful that you are doing a podcast like this where we have the opportunity as Instagrammers or those of us on Twitter or Facebook emailing you to be able to reach out to you and send you some pictures and get some ideas because this feels like a time when like the last thing I want to do is try to figure this out by myself. It feels so isolating right now. I think that this is such a great opportunity for our listeners to feel free to write into you and send pictures. I would love them to. It makes me feel hopeful and positive and it gets me back in the groove of what I have been doing as my career for 37 years. And I have incredible fan engagement on my Instagram, which is back home decor, B-A-K home decor. 
I want you to send your questions and your pictures and we'll get it solved. I'll be the set decorator by your side. Okay, Beth. So in thinking about our tips and wanting to make sure that we kind of drill down on like the three takeaways, what do you feel like would be your first takeaway for us? Well, I'm hoping that people have the kind of space they might need just for doing a two wall environment. The best way to do that is to hopefully dedicate an area for staging your backdrop and keeping that backdrop set up so everybody knows not to cross that path when the camera's rolling, when the computer's on, and separate your home and your work life because I think that brings a little bit more sanity and it's probably what most people are used to. If you're unable to dedicate that kind of space and separate your work life and your home life, then keeping that space a little less dressed, a little less filled up will work the best for you. I like that. So if I'm not able to reserve this for work only, at least I could say within this vicinity, we're not going to be folding laundry or we're not going to be like putting out, you know, toys or something. This area, even if it can't be only for mom or dad's work or a student doing homework, this area at least can stay more tidy and and just kind of leave it alone. Don't be taking things from it. Exactly. <laughs> it's It's dedicated for what it needs to be when you're in work mode or school mode, and then you dump everything in a basket and the basket goes away, and now you can live in that space. Excellent, Beth. Your second takeaway is what I do for a living as a set decorator. I create characters' lives. I tell their story. I think about them even past what the writers write about them or the actors, how they want to portray them. And I really think, who is this character? And that's what I want you to think about yourself. Take your style, mix it with what your job description is. Maybe if you work in a law firm, what you are portraying has to be conservative. If you're an elementary school teacher, your background should be youthful. And I want you to all think about who your audience is, who you are, and find the way to meld all of these things. Dedicate this space in a way that makes you feel positive and makes you want to get up from your bedroom and go to work in your living room. <laughs> I know. I'm like, where am I going to be vacationing this year? My living room or my dining room? <laughs> it's very fancy. Um, I, I, I think that's so important. And I think right now there's a lot of people who are actually working themselves over time because without the commute and feeling like the computer is like nonstop on, you continue to gravitate towards that area and wanting to continue to work. So being able to kind of like turn off the lights, shut off the computer and sort of like put it to the side and be like, okay, the workday is officially done, despite the fact that I'm still in the same room. <laughs> and you know, sometimes people need help to do that. When we walk away from a set that we might be going back to in the next episode, we cover everything with sheets. We just make it seem so the crew won't sleep on it, but we, <laughs> we make it seem like, okay, this is over, not accessible today. And some people might need that push, you know, 
Maybe yeah. you need to have a king size top sheet and you cover your desk and your chair and you take your computer away from there and you binge watch your favorite TV show. And that's what your computer is doing in the evening. And you're not looking at that space that just says, work, work, work. It makes me think of like a birdcage. It's like, it's time to yeah. go to bed. Put your sheet over it, right? <laughs> yes. I'm going to tuck my desk in for yeah. one eye. It's yeah. over now. That's such a good tip. And also a good visual indicator, like you said about the crew, but your crew could be your family. You know, if there's yes. a sheet over something, I'm not going to go sit on it. That's right. You know, and I'm also not going to go throw my sports bag on it or something like that. You know, exactly. it's an indicator of don't touch. That's you know? right. So that's a great tip. So what would be your third takeaway for us? I think that people feel that this is hard and it might be hard because it's something that you've never really dabbled in before, that you think about it, that you see pictures in magazines or catalogs, but I can assure you, if you think about this the way I've laid out here and don't pressure yourself with time, we're three months into this and we seem like we've got some more time to spend here and think about how you want to be portrayed get going search out your items in your home that you might want to be a part of your backdrop just know that i am ready willing and able to take any kind of questions you have it's something that i look forward to i love to hear from fans and I want you to think of me as a set decorator by your side. Beth, this has been super educational for me as an aspiring decorator and just also as a, a working mom and somebody who's got to be using my space in a myriad of ways like everyone else. The tips that you have are invaluable to me and, and not having to take the art off my walls, but be able to stick that piece of tape behind it and, and change the reflection. Those are the things for me that feel less stressful. You take a lot off my shoulders by giving me these other ideas. For that, I say thank you so much. And I'm so excited to continue this series with you so that people can subscribe and come on and listen to us, especially in the evening after you've pulled your sheet over your work area. Come on over and listen to our podcast and hang out with Beth and I. We're going to talk it up. We're going to have a good time, right? Thank you so much. Yes, we have a lot to cover, but we're starting with the most relevant, what people are coping with now, and we're going to continue from here. We're going to be like a little growing garden, Beth. We're just planting the seeds right now, and by the time that this podcast is fully ready for harvest. People are going to be in awe of what we've all done here, right? Can't wait. Awesome. Thanks so much, Beth. Thanks so much for listening. Set Decorator by your side. Decorating the Set from Hollywood to Your Home is a Pod Clubhouse original production. Recorded, edited, and produced at Pod Clubhouse Studios. For more information, please visit us online at podclubhouse.com. Pod Clubhouse.